Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Benny J. And yo, it's your boy, Mr. Righteous Fireball, in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode 10. Can you believe we're already at episode 10? I can hardly believe it. Shoot, I believe it. Yo, you would. But I didn't say that out loud. Man, come on, yo. So, Chris, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what it means to, to love others. How do, we, how do we really be effective in this world for Jesus when everybody just seems to be so hard-hearted about so many issues? How do we approach them so that we can... You just bust through, man. You just love them where they at. Just do it. Get it in. But what about, what about that idea of gentleness and, and really getting a, getting a sense of who someone is and where they're at before we just try to use the hammer as, as the only tool for, for what we can do to help them? Yo, when was the last time gentleness got something done? Uh, like, really, though, if I'm soft and go into the workplace, they just go walk over me, man. Hmm. So when's gentleness accomplish anything good? I hear what you're saying, and I'll think about it more. But I sometimes wonder if we're missing the mark when we're when we're being too harsh with others or we're full of we're full of anger, because I don't think that that actually ends up being able to get through to other people effectively. I think sometimes they they actually end up shying away to people who are too aggressive. Well, let me holler at you real quick. Yo, it's not about being angry. It's just about being stern, you mm. know, to the point. It's like, this is the way to go. You know, I, I go by standards. You know, that's the Bible. I go by the Bible standards. It is what it is. Yeah. And that's it. Just fall in the line and get it done. What about nuance? What if there's something that... Nuance. Do you know what that word means? It sounds like you're trying to disrespect me right now, using words I didn't, like that. That wasn't my intention. All right, man. Yeah. But so, I know what it means, yes. Okay, good. So I can move forward. Yeah, go ahead. You got it. So I'm thinking about the idea of nuance where what if your way, your thoughts don't really match up with someone else's perspective and you haven't given them an opportunity to, to really show what they believe and where they're coming from and you just bulldoze them with your thought. Well, I'm I'm empowered to say, yo, it's either God's way or the world's way. Yeah. God's way is life. The world's way is death. Mm. There's your choice. And I just lay I just lay, lay into that, man. It, it's not a cool choice. It's not a sexy choice, but it just is what it is, man. I thought you said you understood what nuance was. Yeah, I understand it, but I'm also looking at two binary things: mm. world death, Christ's life. You make I, a choice. I can understand where you're coming from with that. All right, man. I, right. I, I, can, I can hear that and receive some of it for sure. Um, I think sometimes we can, we can choose to be overly direct and, and really, really risk pushing people away because they don't sense that we love them. Like we hit them with the truth, but there's no love attached to it. And that love... I think is what's necessary to really show what it means to be like Christ. Hmm. Now we, what do we do? We, 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 we need to be the examples. We need to be 
the ones that are actually the hands and feet of Jesus. All right. All right. Well, yeah, you're right. You Be like Jesus, right? The same Jesus that flipped the table over, right? Mm. In righteous anger. He got his point across, right? He, so I'm supposed to be like Christ, right? The same one that flipped the table over, right? Yeah. I like that. Let's he, rock with that. He did flip over tables and make a, a whip out of cords. But you have to remember, too, that Jesus was perfect and his anger was justified. Mm. And his zeal for his All father's right. house was very real. It was, it was the most zeal that a person could have for his father's mm. sacred and holy place. And I don't know if we really have a justification for ourselves to behave at that level. Um, we would, boy, we would really have to check ourselves and ask God to check our hearts first to make sure that we were, we were really removing the, the plank out of our own eye before we start looking at the specks in our brother's eyes. You, you're right, but, but doesn't Paul say something like, be angry but not sin? Okay. So, what, so how be do you def- angry, just not sin? So am I in my right to be a little righteous? Yeah, yeah, I think there's some justification for that. But what does it mean to be angry and not sin? Like, what, what constitutes the line for where you start sinning in your anger? How do we, how do we define that? I got that self-control, man. Yeah? That's one of those fruits of the spirit, right? Self-control. Agreed. So I can keep, I can be angry as long as I just don't go bananas and like choke you out or something like that. So, I mean. I can feel the air leaving me <laughs> as we speak. I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm a little tense right now. The wind has left my sails. <laughs> so I, I, I wonder, Chris, would, do you want to be angry more than you want to be loving? Do you think that love is the same, is in the same root as anger? Um, what do you, what do you think about the balance there and, and finding, finding a, a moderate approach that doesn't, that doesn't get to the extreme extreme? Well, I'll, I'll give you a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love how God in the Old Testament, he gave his people chances, yeah. chances, plural. But at a certain point, God was just like, you know what? I'm cutting you off. Yeah. I'm going to turn you over to your to your own sinful ways. And so some people say like, wow, that's a that's an angry God. But it's actually a God that gave chances. Yeah. So I'm kind of leaning into that. Like, you know, I'll give you some chances. But at a certain point, I just have to draw the line. Mm. And once again, it goes back to that Christ, right, eternal, you know, world, temporary, and death. If you're not about it, then I don't think I could be about you, man. Mm. I think about that a little bit here, and, and it sounds like you're really just focused on the God of the Old Testament who was just full of wrath and, and just wanted to destroy people who were, who were sinful against him. There's no grace in that. It doesn't seem merciful. Gave you time. Okay. Time is grace. Okay. But then what about the mass genocides that occurred where he killed entire groups of people? Sinful. Sinful. I mean. Okay. So then what do we how do we how do we reconcile then this old testament type of God who seems so different in contrast with this New Testament 
Jesus and the God that seems to be represented there. It's almost like a, it almost feels like a replacement. I mean, he's still given another chance. I mean, the Bible is God's love letter to humanity. And even within that, like we, we can focus on, okay, God's going to cut off this nation or these people. But God said, you know, don't do something that's contrary to my nature. Mm. And he kept giving people those opportunities to come back, come back, come back. And we look at when we switch from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God's like, I realize that you're not going to do this by yourself. I'm going to send my son mm. to create a perfect relationship or a relationship because y'all aren't going to do it for yourself. So mm. I, I do see the Old Testament, New Testament, you know, the wrathful God versus the the more mild and considerate, nuanced. There you go. There's your word again. Nuanced God. I think they're one and the same. It's just that God got fed up to the point where it's like, you know what? I love you. I'm mad at you, but I love you so much that I want to send a way to give you a relationship. Mm. So all that to say, I can be a little righteously angry if I give people all these opportunities to come to the light. So how do you, how do you explain then this idea of grace? Is it, is it infinite? Is it something that it never runs out? Is it something that we can abuse if we want to, as long as we say that Jesus is Lord and we and we and we confess it with our mouth and in our hearts that we'll still be saved? How how about that? The 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 sin of sins. Yeah, I think it was Christ that said that um you, you shouldn't grieve the spirit or ignore the spirit. And so that that is a constant habit. Like it's not like a one timer. Like ah, the spirit said go this way, and I go that way. Yeah. But over a period of time, a series of decisions that are turning away from the spirit. You know, the spirit says do this, and I do that. The spirit says help this person. I say no, I don't want to help that person. Mm-hmm. So over a period of time, I'm showing that while I say I'm a believer, my actions aren't showing that. And I personally think that if someone continues to create a habit of habitually turning from the spirit, mm. then they should be condemned. Okay. You know, God, God gives enough grace. It's not up to me to tell God when, when the grace comes into the equation, but... Yeah. How about grace from you personally? Do you think that you should show as much grace to others as Jesus has shown you? You yeah you're right it, I mean it depends on the day and hopefully it's not during rush hour traffic because you know I don't have grace during rush hour traffic but yeah you know I I try you know what that's where I'm working I think that's where I need God in my life because mm-hmm. my grace gets to a certain point and I realize it is not enough and that's where I can acknowledge that I need God in my life I need to be more like Christ but. At the same time, I also understand, back, back to my example, that Jesus got angry mm. with folks because they weren't being righteous. Yeah. And he showed the people what happens when, you know, you're not being righteous. So I, I, I kind of like that example because it's very freeing for me to be righteously angry. Yeah. Do you think that it's for us as followers of Jesus to demonstrate our anger in ways that could be 
seen as very aggressive, even if it's, let's say, justifiable because of our zeal, our passion for, let's say, safeguarding things that we believe are sacred? I think it has a place. We have to use, you know, Scripture does talk about having wisdom and discernment. We have to discern when it's the right time for righteous anger versus, I don't know, being soft. Okay. Just letting people like walk over us and just say, oh, I'm all about God. Huh? You know, who, nah, man. Who, who you calling soft? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to point fingers, but I'm just saying we have to be stern in our convictions. We have to be very stern in our convictions. We can't be wishy-washy. Doesn't scripture always say what well, the New Testament says? It'll be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be wishy-washy. So I'll give grace to a degree, but if you're not turning that corner, I'm about to get hot. And what happens when you get hot and there's no, there's no movement from the person or people you're hot against? What do you do? I'm not turn, turn them over to God. You know, like, like the Old Testament says, you know, if you go into a town and they're not hearing your message, you walk out of the town, take off your shoes, dust them off and keep it moving. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't experience or or display rage towards them because okay. that would be detrimental. But at a certain point, I'm like, I just got to turn you over to your to your sins, and just let you let you go. But then, what about what about loving your neighbor? How is that love if you let's say abandon them? Because that that's what that sounds like to me. So we worship a god of force. A Did, god of what? A, a god of force. Mm. So God, God forces us to love Him. I, I thought that, I thought that God's relationship with us is based on free will. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to show love towards my neighbor, but at a certain point, if I say Christ is the way, Christ is freedom, Christ is invigorating, and you're like, nah, I'm not about that. I'm not about that. At a certain point, and of course, it's not going to be perfect, but at a certain point, I have to say, you know what? I've tried. You've done you. You feel at that point you've done your due diligence. You've given the love and the attention to these this person or these people that you thought was sufficient, and they they made their choices. So now you gotta just you just gotta dust your feet off, take your piece with you, and move on. I, I, Am I, I hearing feel, that? Am I, I hearing that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's right because I can't force I can't force myself upon them. Mm. I can't force myself. I mean, God does not force himself upon me either. I have I have to do what I can do to provide them with the information so that they can make a decision. What about what about predestination? What about God calling it out saying who is his already and like already knowing knowing your life from the beginning to the end and and knowing who the saints will be and predestining mm -hmm. those he foreknew as as sons as heirs to his kingdom. What do you what do you do with that? I guess they're outside of being foreknown. Hmm. I, I didn't. I have to be reminded that I didn't make the rules, and even though the rules are kind of uncomfortable at times, I have to realize that God made <laughs> the true. rules. God set the table, and there are some people that use using using that construct aren't going to make it. Hmm. They're not going to have eternal life. Now I know I'm saved. But how do we know they're not going to have eternal life? How can we make that call when we're not God himself? Like we, we use this 
we use this imperfect text that, you know, the Bible that we believe, but sometimes I think maybe we misinterpret it. And what if, what if we're missing something that would preserve the types of people that you're saying could easily be dismissed based on momentary choices and maybe our, maybe our hardness of heart toward mm -hmm. them in the moments that we're struggling with them. Maybe we develop a hardened heart toward them because we haven't quite understood the scripture well enough mm. to apply it correctly. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of honest doubt, mm -hmm. skepticism there for me about what, what, what is absolute versus what is, what is open to subjection, Th you know, thinking about it for myself and coming to my own understandings and conclusions. Why should I stop my process of trying to think about it? Well, scripture does talk about renewing your mind daily, okay. you know, constantly renewing your mind. So that pursuit of trying to understand scripture better, it has to be a lifetime pursuit. Um, but every time I go through scripture, you know, the same scripture and looking at interpretations, I keep coming back to the same point of God loves all people and all God wants is for them to love back. And there are some yeah. people that just harden their hearts repeatedly going back to that habit, repeatedly turning from the spirit. And at that point, I can't look at that person and say, you know what? I, I think, I think heaven is in your future. Now, I mean, I may not tell them that because that comes across as being judgmental. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I'm like, God, it's up to you to show grace towards mm -hmm. them. If they end up making it, that's your call. Sure. But for me and my understanding, look, I, I'm not going to be wishy-washy. Those folks probably will not make it. So, Mad Dog, what do you think? Just a little bit. You, you, you want to... It sounds like you want to really just give God the ultimate control over outcomes. Like you realize that he's the only one that can make the ultimate decisions. Right. You're just along for the ride. It sounds like you're trying to grow in maybe some empathy within the love that you're, that you're learning, like being more understanding of, of what it might be like, what it might feel like to be in someone else's position versus your own. Is there some truth to that? Are you, are you trying to learn how to, I mean, if, if someone said that I'm going to be eternally condemned, I would do what I can to get my life right. Mm -hmm. And so me being on fire for the Lord, I got to go out there and be like, look, this is God. You know, this is the relationship. This is eternal life. Here's mm -hmm. what you got to do. Here's the scripture. I have to live that life. And if after all that, and after me investing the time in you, after all that, you still find a way to say, you know what? This God is not enough for me. I'm just fine li living here in my, my temporary world and my temporary riches and the temporary relationships. And you're going to turn from God? then shoot, I do have to take my shoes off and dust them off and leave you to your own condemned self. Mm. I'm trying. That hurts. <laughs> that, that, that can be a, man, that makes me feel like it reminds me of spaces where people have abandoned me and mm. I just felt, I felt alone. And the, the reality was it was alone in my sin, if I'm being really honest. Right, right. And when I was alone in my sin... It was honestly the only time I became truly reflective, mm. if I'm being really honest, wow. being vulnerable wow. about it. 
And at my lowest points, that was when I started really seeking God and asking questions and knocking at the door. He says he's Mm -hmm. waiting behind. So I hear what you're saying there. If we don't let people get to understandings on their own, in their own ways, in the way, in the ways that they need to get to them, I think we're taking away from their ability to go through the process that is uniquely theirs. Mm, God has something so particular for them. And I think sometimes we almost try to play as Christians, we can play the, almost like this, we have a savior complex where we think we can save people from suffering. And yet suffering is the one place where people become reflective and a lot of times led to repentance by God's kindness, either directly from himself or through other people that love him. There's just, there's something to that. So I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's still, it still can come across, I think at face value, a little strong, a little harsh, but after a little bit of thought, it's like, man, I do think that there is a purpose in sometimes letting go, even of people when they just won't, they literally get with the program. They're with another program and they're loyal to that other program. And that's kind of, that's kind of the end of the story for the moment. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we stop praying for them. Doesn't mean right. we stop There's obligation yeah. doing doing right by them when they're when they happen to be around us. But we may have to reorient our lives and and move into new spaces with different people who honestly like want Jesus either as much or more than we do. If we want to grow. We need model examples around us all the time. And it is a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. We need elders. We need the younger generations, you know, both middle age and youth. We need all of us to be doing different things. Last night I was, I was reminded of how the youth can truly come in Mm -hmm. and bring a spark to start a new fire in someone who was older and maybe has lost some of that flame, some of that ferocity. And I thought about that. I was like, yeah. We do need to we do need to welcome in the young people and their their innovative ideas and their curiosity and their their fervor, their excitement for the new faith that they're that they're just getting into. And and we need to allow them to speak into our lives as older people. And as we get older, we need to keep that open attitude where God can speak through children. It says out of the mouth of babes, God can speak through rocks. He spoke through the jawbone of a donkey. Mm-hmm. Was it Balaam or Balaam or Balaam, how? Yeah. Yeah, he spoke through a donkey to get mm-hmm. a point across, a burning bush. So don't think that God can't speak to you in some very odd, obscure ways. So basically you're saying that there, there, there's some method to the madness of being a righteous fireball, like mm-hmm. Mr. Righteous Fireball right here, man. <laughs> like being on fire for Christ is all right. I like it. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's good, but it I think it needs to be tempered. Temper a little bit, all right. I think right. it needs to be carefully shaped, both by God Himself, the refining, the washing over of the truth of God's word in your life, and then and then the the careful correction and sharpening that comes between believers. When we're united like that together, it gives us an opportunity to really start to taste and see how good God is mm. and recognize that we really need each other in order to become fully mature in the faith. We don't become fully mature just by ourselves. 
the maturity happens in community. You're right. But sometimes it also happens in isolation. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't be so avoidant of being alone that we never develop that that depth of relationship where it's just it's just us and God. You need to find that safe space with God, the secret place. But you got to be willing to go there vulnerably, even if you're terrified. It's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to let the fear inhibit you or prohibit you from getting into that space. You have to take a leap of faith. Wow. It takes one moment, one decision, and it could change your life forever, but it's a risk. Mm-hmm. But I'd say it's a risk worth taking. So, all right. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that I need to to come from a ten and be at like a seven ish. Maybe with my religious fervor. Maybe I would say it's situational. All right. I would say that you That's need fair. to remain incredibly prayerful about that. And when God fills you, and you feel like God is is putting you at a ten, be a ten. If you feel like God's telling you to chill it down, all the way down to, let's say, a one, be willing, be willing to humble yourself before a holy God and serve him in any position he places you. All right, man. I mean, I I live at 10. I I live at a 10. I don't fault you for that. Yeah. I probably live at a, at an average five. You're down at a three, man. You think I'm a... Definitely at a three. Just call me Trace Leche. You yeah, just called me to three milks. The three milks. I am still nurturing. My goodness. Uh, you're on milk. I'm on steak right now. Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks, Paul. No thanks, Paul. <laughs> I want steak, but my tummy can't handle it. God, get you, got you get your faith game up, man. Come to the other side, dude. But I thought I was mature in my, in my attempt to balance everything. You know, that's I, I see a lot, and and I understand that. You know, when when Jesus walked the earth, and Jesus felt out the situation, understood the audience, and adjusted accordingly. So there there is definitely there I, I can definitely see a path forward with moderation. Shoot, in the business world, being an effective marketer is understanding the audience, understanding their thought process, and providing a message to match that. So Jesus kind of was the the ultimate consummate marketer. So you're telling me that you're not only a monster, but you also carry with yourself some business acumen? Just a little bit, man. Oh, my goodness. This monster is full of surprises. Just a little bit. And even though my last name isn't Roosevelt. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid. And I'm not fluffy, but I am kind of furry. <sighs> I want to figure out how to how to break away from this. This guy here isn't an accurate representation of what it means to be like Christ. This is just a small piece of being reasonable and gentle. Like Paul tells us, let your reasonableness and gentleness be evident to all. So it's a part. Yeah, we, we, we can't be a monster all the time. I mean, yes, we, 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 we have this great foundation in Scripture. Yeah, we, we got that. We got the knowledge. Our lives have been changed by the Spirit. But to the rest of the world, some of them are looking at, like, why, why are these Christian folks so judgmental? Mm. 
Why do they keep banging us over the head with this Bible? We have to remember how it was when we were new to yeah. the faith. And someone took a chance on us, and God was mild with us, and God gave us time yeah. to form a relationship. We, we can't always be monstrous. You know, we, we, we have to temper that down a little bit. Amen. We can't be diesel in every situation. Nah. And we can't go into every situation soft. And when I say soft, I don't mean soft-hearted. Right. I mean weak. You can't be timid and expect the power of the Lord to move through you where you will willingly give yourself over to God's spirit to do the work he wants to do through you. That's a mighty work. Mm -hmm. And I say mighty because it comes from the almighty God. And there is no playing around with this almighty God. This God, he's savage. And at the same time, he is like that gentle lamb. Oh. What a crazy contrast. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we just have to use discernment. We have to use wisdom. We have to know when we have to lean into being the teddy bear or lean into being a monster. Yeah. But we have to be fluid. You know, Christ was not static. Christ is not static. You know, we can't be static. We can't approach every situation the same exact way. You know, we have to we have to pause and we have to we have to think about it a little bit. Yep. And uh well, you were talking about the fruits of the spirit, right? We know we're oh, doing yeah. the right thing if if it results in what? If we are living life by the Holy Spirit, here's how you can tell someone's in the spirit or you yourself are in the spirit. You are full of love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It says if you live like that, you won't have any conflict with the law. Nothing's going to condemn you. And if it tries to condemn you and you're living like that, it'll end up bringing shame upon the person who's trying to condemn you. So there is always a win. There's always a victory when we're in Christ, when we are standing firm in the truths that we've been given in good doctrine. And all doctrine really means are the teachings, the teachings that have become the foundation of all that we believe as Christians. So you want to be of sound mind and good doctrine. And the way to do that, stay close to people who are, who are reasonable people, who love God's word, who study it carefully, who remain open to reason and aren't filled with doubt but they're filled with faith because they'll always be righteously adapting through the power of God to be able to help the others around them and stand firm themselves. Well, to that, I, I just want to say amen. <laughs> that, that, that was fire, man. That, that was kind of monstrous, but tempered enough with, with that, that fluffy teddy bear. So, uh, yo, we, we went 10 episodes in, man. We, we had 10 already, dude. Chris, it's been a... It's been a good, it's been a good uh, 10 episodes so yeah. far. I've really enjoyed making these with you thus far. And man, I really, I really am excited to continue making more and more with you and, and seeing what God creates from this. Because right now, to me, these aren't necessarily humble foundations we're coming from <laughs> because God has blessed us with a tremendous amount of technology to make this look right. as high quality as we could. And, and, and God has blessed us with a lot of experiences that we can speak to these types of issues directly in a way that we hope meets you where you're at. So we're just so, we're just so thankful as always. We're just full of thanks to God 
uh, for our lives, for all of the things that he provides, for the fact that we're in him and we have that trust bond, that, that fullness that we get from being close with him, the fact that we have community together and with other believers. And again, we're just thankful for you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this because we believe that God has a message for you and can touch your heart even through something as maybe simple and humble as this is. So thank you again for checking us out. This is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode 10. 10. Contrast. Again, Benny J, I'm out. And your boy, Mr. Righteous Fireball, in the building, still percolating. Ooh, he just Mary J. Blige'd on her. Ooh. He said, <laughs> let's keep it. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Didn't she say percolating she in that? She said percolate, man. It's one of the only times I've ever heard the term percolate in a in a song in a song yeah not coffee Interesting. that's true random ps post script even though this was never scripted at all mm. post script idea percolate is basically this incredible gravity defying concept where you boil something underneath and the pressure of that boiling ends up reaching to an upper chamber it's like uh, the Bialetti, I think, is the name. It's an Italian. Um, it's an Italian coffee maker you put on your stove, mm. and it percolates, and the co- the coffee ends up being pushed up and through, and that's how you get. I, if I'm wrong about this, I didn't say I was an expert. I didn't say I knew everything, but shotgunning it, I believe. I believe that that indeed is what percolation is. All right, Mr. Nuance over here got some got some knowledge. Knowledge. Kanoledgi. <laughs> it's getting stupid. So thank you again for sticking around longer. Just a little bit. And um, remember, it's the in-between that really makes the difference, that really Sorry. creates the mature type of man that we're looking for and woman if you want to be mature figure out how to be both gentle reserved restrained inhibited where appropriate but never timid yeah never timid and always ready always vigilant ready for ready for the fight against sin because sin is always right there waiting to try to, to to pounce on you the devil he roams around like a roaring lion, prowling, looking for someone to, to devour. He wants to, he wants to destroy you. Steal, kill, and destroy is his, is his mm-hmm. MO. So I want you to think about that and prepare your heart by, by training up in righteousness, by maybe getting a little physical with your life. Get, get, get physical, physical. In my head. That's it. In my head. That's it. So on that note, love y'all. Peace. Peace. It's <laughs> a nice hat, yo. I'm loving this joint. Bro, they're they're mad comfortable, right? Like their yeah. the quality is real. Yeah. You might make, make me go back to wearing hats again. <laughs>